0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, Session 151, and the quote of the day is from Jay-Z who said, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals, information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, if this is the first time you've ever listened to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. There's, this is the 151st episode, so there's a ton of other interviews that you can check out at drummersresource.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on all that fun stuff. Also, the masterclass and seminar that I was supposed to be doing with Jim Riley last week got postponed, so good news for you if you would like to attend the Jim Riley masterclass. We're doing it this Thursday, February 18th. And you can sign up by going to drummersresource.com forward slash Jim Riley, and we'll be talking about his survival guide for the modern drummer. Talking, going over the essential elements of the key styles that you really need to make a career out of this business. So definitely check that out. Drummersresource.com forward slash Jim Riley, all one word. Also, I'm giving away a bunch of stuff uh, via Snapchat. So if you're following me on Snapchat, uh, I'm going to start doing some giveaways soon. And if you're not, I suggest you get on there. Follow me at Nick.Ruffini, Ruffini. I'm going to be giving away some stuff from Boso Drumsticks, from Bosphorus Symbols, from Aquarian Drumheads, and some other cool stuff, plus some memberships to my Drummer's Resource Pro and all that. So check it out So on Snapchat. I'm at nick.rafini Now, let's get into this interview today. This is my buddy, Rich Redman. I've had Rich on the podcast. I think he was the fourth guest that I ever had. And the reason why I started the quote uh, in the beginning of this with that Jay-Z quote, or I started the podcast with that Jay-Z quote was... This conversation that we have is all about being multifaceted and having arms in a bunch of different things because as an independent contractor, as a musician, you need to be doing a bunch of different things. You got you gotta have a bunch of irons in the fire. So we talk about all that and Rich always has a bunch of stuff going on. So it's a really interesting, uh, a really interesting topic that we talk about. And if you wanna check out Rich's first episode, you can go to drummersresource.com forward slash session. Four, so he was on a long time ago. Lots of stuff happening uh, since I've had him on the podcast. So, without further ado, let's get into it with the one and only Rich Redman. Rich, my man, what's going on, brother? Thank you for doing this.
1: Hey, what's up, brother? How are you, man?
0: i'm uh I'm doing well. so this is I was just looking back. so you were you were uh on the podcast like t- over two and a half years ago. It was like right when I started, you were session four of the podcast.
1: Wow. That's very cool.
0: So now we're a hundred over a hundred and fifty. So uh, you know, first, I would like to publicly thank you for for all the stuff that you've done uh, for me uh, in this industry, and also the support that you've had uh, for Drummers Resource, and you you've been supporting me and this and Drummers Resource for a long time. So I just want to publicly thank you for that, man. And I I really do appreciate all of it.
1: Oh man, thank you so much, man. It's an it's an honor. Any anybody when anybody has a great. Cool idea. Um, it's it always helps to you know have friends to help you know either bring it to fruition or help promote it.
0: Well that you have done, so I appreciate that. Um, so anyone who's listening to this now, I interviewed Rich, like I said, uh, session four. So if you want to check that out, it's at drummersresource.com forward slash session four. So we don't we're not gonna get into too much about about Rich's history, because you can check all that out uh, in that episode. But just for you listening, if you don't know who Rich is, shame on you. But Rich is uh, the drummer for country star Jason Aldean. He also does a ton of other things as well uh, and has played with a whole slew of people. Like I said, you can listen to that in the other episode. But what I want to talk about today with Rich is the idea of of sort of entrepreneurship and, and being multifaceted when you are one, a musician and two, just a creative. And when you're working, uh, working for yourself basically, cause you're an independent contractor. Um, so how important do you think that is, Rich?
1: I think being an independent contractor is the way really kind of to, to be in life. It, it definitely works for creative. You know? I mean, I mean, ultimately we are all working for someone, you know what I mean? It's like, we always have to answer for, to someone because if you do a recording session, you know, ultimately, unless it's your band, you're you're answering to an artist, a producer, or a label. Um, if you're an actor, you're answering to a director, a slew of producers, a studio, the writers. Um, we're all, it's, you know, working for someone, but I like to think of it like working in conjunction as a team, you know, um, I, I do some motivational speaking and, you know, I mean, the main thing that I like to speak to a lot when I speak to corporate America is the idea of, you know, teamwork and how, you know, being in a corporation, uh, working in a team is like being in a band. You know what I mean? You're only as strong as your weakest link. Um, but no, I think it's, um, you know, working for yourself is, is fantastic because then you're not you're not relying on is guitar center going to go out of business because I've been an employee for 10 years. And is this person that I'm playing drums for going to take a two year vacation and not put me on retainer? I mean, there's a lot of, of factors in the, in the music business or any business when you're working for somebody else that, you know, one decision or one something that happens in the universe can totally affect, you know, your life and your quality of life. So it's have things that you can do, You have total
0: control. I totally agree that you can, you're sort of even though you're working with someone or you're working for someone, you you sort of have the ability to, to kind of come and go as you please. If you set it up that way, Um, you know, and you're, you're in the position where if you don't want to do something, you don't have to do it. Like if you're at a job and they say, go do this, you kind of have to do that, you know? Right. Which is, which is great to have, to have that freedom. Um, And I think the the one thing that I don't think that people really understand is how much hustling you do outside of just playing in the Jason Aldean band. That's like one tenth of of what you do. Uh, I know it takes up a lot of your time and that's a high profile thing that you're doing. But but what other kind of stuff are you doing out there, uh, entrepreneurial speaking?
1: Yeah, you know, when you're playing for a recording artist, you do like you you are in service. i when somebody wants something faster or slower, or they want to play it a specific way, or they want to you have you to use a specific piece of gear. I mean, that's kind of non negotiable. I mean, you you're kind of, kind of have to do that. You know, sure, which doesn't sure. which doesn't bother me because I I love my craft and I love people and I like I like pleasing people and making them happy you know, at the end of the day, I, I I enjoy that process and you know, to and to be rewarded financially for just basically being a people person and, and help someone bring their their you know their thoughts and their dreams and their projects to fruition, that's 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 pretty easy. That's kinda like that's my comfort zone. Right. Um but as far as like yeah other things, uh you know, just because of what the fact that I've survived 18 years in Nashville has given me a little bit of a platform to you know you know write articles for modern drummer and drum magazine and and interview other drummers for those magazines and write my book the you know through Hal Leonard the fundamentals of drumming and um you know I have a dVD called drumming in the modern world that I've been working on that I've been really been preparing to do for you know thirty years um and but we've been working on it um, <clears throat> for two and a half and hopefully that would come out before the summer um and then you know, just maintaining a, a, a session musician, a live freelance drummer uh, presence in, in Nashville is is a full time job because you know when you're when I'm not on the bus and I'm in Nashville, still to this day, I go out and I see other bands play and I hear show. I go to industry showcases and singer songwriter nights and 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 and. We have these cool events in Nashville where we're always paying tribute to some drummer or you know, getting thirty musicians together and just playing songs that we've always wanted to play since our youth that we haven't been able to do. We've got a gr- lot of a really strong community in Nashville, but that that's kind of like a very time consuming thing. just keeping your face and name, you know, out in, in the public because it's an out of sight, out of mind business. So, so, you know, that's, you know, time consuming and, 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 you know, I've, uh, I've always kind of been in love with Hollywood and I've just recently had the, um, Everything in life is timing, but just for me recently in the last two years, I've really been chasing Hollywood and just making trips out of there and making my – you know, having my face be seen and taking acting lessons and getting the tools together to promote myself in that way so that maybe in 20 years if somebody isn't interested in my drumming anymore, maybe they'd be interested with me expressing myself creatively in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of what it all comes down to is to me it all kind of relates. It all – um, you know, it all kind of makes sense because it's the entertainment business, but to maintain all those things and operate at a high level for all those things, like some people make a career out of just doing one of the things that I do. I don't know if that exists anymore in the world where you can just do one thing. I remember when I moved to Nashville 18 years ago and it was like you were either a recording musician or you were a touring musician, and the lines were never blurred. And I, for one, never bought in that, into that philosophy because it just didn't make sense to me to, to look at the stare at the same four walls at day in and day out. These right. session musicians would do a 10 a.m., a 2 a.m., a 2 p.m., a 6 p.m., a 9 p.m. They were doing – they were cutting 15, 20 songs a day, three drum sets up and down these three streets in music row. It's a really – it's a recipe for burnout. You know, mm-hmm. I think you have to play live, too, you know, and just, just so for me, you know, I would play a showcase with somebody and they would say, hey, I'm recording and I would go record. And then maybe somebody would see me in the recording studio and they, wow, you bring a lot of energy to the table. Do you want to go do a week of dates in, you know, South Florida? And I'm like, yes. And, you know, and so I, I never put that limitation on myself. Um, God bless the guys that that are are session musicians and they raise families and they own farms and they go and they 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 do their thing and they have a it's a, just a little bit more of a peaceful life. I noticed that a lot of people in the in this industry um, they they their life isn't as crazy. I have a crazy freaking life and it's just because I think I'm overly ambitious. I'm a slave to creativity um, but at the same time I I realize that to operate at a highly creative level all the time, you have to roll up your sleeves and do the work. To remind people that you are around to be hired to be creative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, all these different things I'm doing are of essentially small businesses and, you know, keeping all that stuff fresh, you know, your website up to date and, you know, interacting with people on social media and making sure you have up to date photos and headshots and resumes and you're connecting with the people in all your various industries to let them know that you exist and you're available for auditions and it's um, it's just this whole game of constantly reminding people that you exist in exist in the world and that you're friendly and easy to get along with and you can take direction and you will show up and do the job. It's that's a full time job, right? Right. So it cre- it creates a kind of a little bit of a madness, you know, in in, <laughs> in your life. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's. It's what I do,
0: you know, I, I like the comparison that you made that that it's all a bunch of small businesses because I I put something up. I think I put it on Snapchat and and was talking. I, I don't even remember what it was, but some guy was like, how come you're not, you know, posting more videos of, of you practicing and all that stuff? And I was and I, I didn't respond to the guy, but I was thinking like, well, it's not we'll just sit around and practice all day and just and the phone just rings. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's such a, I don't think I, what's that?
1: I was gonna say, yeah, thank God we like, you know, for me and a lot of my colleagues, whether it be like, you know, you know, Keith Carlock or Blair Sinta or Rob Osharian or, uh, Jim Riley or J- Jason, Sutt, all these guys that I went to school with. I mean, we, we had the, the good fortune of going to college, which bought us four extra years to like shed eight hours a day. And, and, and that was great because if you're, you know, you're practicing eight hours a day, and then you're going out and you're gigging at night, even for just that four years, that adds up to all those tens of thousands of hours of extra time on your drums, Mm -hmm. you know, to create that, uh, that expertise level of functioning to where you can go out and you're qualified enough to play a lot of different kinds of music, and then it's a matter of like picking a city, you know, whether it's New York, LA, or Nashville, going there and kind of like playing and 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 putting all those thousands of hours to work for you. Um, so thank God we put that time in, you know, because then as life goes on, it gets way more difficult, as you know, to sit in front of a set of drums for eight hours a day when taxes are due and you know, your girlfriend wants you to go pick up, you know, almond milk and kale and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you need an oil change. And, you know, and well, when am I supposed to get my workout? And Oh, I got to clean the house. And like, it's just a stuff, mm-hmm. life, life stuff. You know,
0: I remember when I was in college and I think I brought this up on the podcast before, but there was uh two guys that came out. I don't even, there were two marimba players, but I just, I remember one of the things he said, he said, when you you'll you have the most time in your life to practice right now yes and when you get out of college you're not going to have as much time to practice as you think and i'm thinking what's this guy talking about i'm going to be practicing all the time and you know eight hours a day even when i'm 40 and and you know i'm 30 i'll be 35 in april and i'm not even close i I just can't i just don't have that that time to do it anymore which is amazing and there's there and I don't think that people understand the level of of hustle that goes in us outside of the practice room like all of, sort of like the the business hustle and the networking hustle and the you know just the the day-to-day operations hustle uh that goes into sort of maintaining all of this stuff um and and I talk about that a lot on the podcast because I want people I don't want people to be disillusioned that, you know, even with you, like you get this gig with Jason Aldean and that's, it's not, it's not like that just after that happens, that's it. You're set and, and you don't have to do anything and you just sit back and collect checks. Right. You know? I
1: mean, that's, that's, that's only 80 minutes of my day is playing that show and we do an hour sound check. So let's like, at the most I'm sitting behind a set of drums on the road, 120 minutes a day, 150 minutes, maybe something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've made it, I'm a big believer in music education. So, um, you know, I, I got my master's degree in music education from the university of North Texas. So I want to kind of keep my thumb on that and keep that fire burning in my life. Cause I see what music can do for people and what education can do for music as a educational tool for young people. So I want to keep that in my life. So I'll go and, I'll either speak or I'll do drum lessons or a master class or something during the day. It's more time on the drums. And even if I'm just talking about um, teaching the same thing, I'm, you know, I go around, I have my things that I know work for people. Like I want to teach people reading rudiments, styles, and coordination. Those are th- things that are so important, like rudiments on the drums, reading rhythms, Getting the coordination together so you can play styles. The more styles you can play, the more your ability to market yourself effectively as a versatile musician, which will allow you to create more opportunities for yourself. So I say, okay, Mr. Pro Musician who just plays on Friday, Saturday night, who just signed up for my master class, I ask him to play a Calypso beat and a Soca beat, and he can't do it. So I write it out for him. Maybe he can't read it. Maybe he can read it. I show him how to read it. And then we have, oh, immediately a coordination issue. And this is a person who might be playing in a top 40 country band or a wedding band or a um, a classic rock band, and he can't play a calypso beat. And so I just showed him something new that he can use to actually be a more effective and and, and hireable, employable musician. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if I'm just doing that over and over again, teaching – Satisfies something in me deep down, um, connecting with my fellow human. uh, And also, it just reminds me of the mechanics of what I do and reinforces that. And it just gives me time to have the sticks in my hand, you know? So I have that mind body connection with my sticks and the instrument and all that kind of stuff because it can get, you can get really stale really fast playing the same 18 songs. Um, Right. You know, right. So we do 60 shows a year playing the same 18 songs over and over and over. And obviously my job is to play those songs and make it sound like it's the first time I'm playing them. That is my goal when playing – if you come see a Jason Aldean show, you're going to see me playing Hicktown for the 1500th time. But I'm – hopefully you get the sense that it, it, it is the first time I've ever played it.
0: How do you keep yes. that interesting for yourself?
1: i think it just becomes about executing you know you know it's like you know all the marks that you've got to hit it's like okay intro big i'm doing eight eighth notes to the bar on the right crash symbol and those all have to be speaking evenly and i don't want the kick drum flaming with the snare drum okay so that's goal one Boom verse. I'm over on the cowbell, over on the right side of the kit by the X hat. I don't want to miss the cowbell. I want to make sure it speaks perfectly. All my backbeats are the exact. You know, what if this was being recorded for a live DVD? Or what if Bob Rock gets it and 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 he's soloing up the drums and he's like, and you know, I play little games with myself. Like it's what I would I be proud of this if this was the last thing I ever played on? And right. so I just have these little mental things that I like to hit you know, four-on-the-floor kick drum. I I want the the kick drum flaming as little as possible with the snare drum, Um, and I want everything to be super strong and tight, but the different dynamics with it. So I'm playing loud all night long, but then there's different varying degrees of loud to to, to express the emotion in the various parts of the song. So when I come to the verse, it's a tight hi-hat or the cowbell, or I'm writing on the rims, and then I want the choruses to explode. So I know all the things that I've got to hit on each song, like, when i play the uh, the uh, SPDS X pad on the intro of 1994 <clears throat> it's really easy to like sometimes you hit the the trigger off center and it like doesn't trigger or you hit you know a hand clap when you're supposed to hit a, an 808 kick because it's a little dark on stage so it's no it's like i have to play with like really good technique and have great aim on that right for that mm-hmm. to all work You know, it's so it's just like all the little things that I that I know that I have to hit on every song to for me to satisfy what I the high degree of expectations I put on myself.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. I never thought of it like that, though.
1: I mean, those are all things that I need to hit for me just to just to to get on base for what I consider to be a good show. And then beyond that, hopefully there's a spirit of community with the guys on the band and hopefully we're connecting with the audience. And maybe there's 2% uh, in there where something special and a little bit slightly different can happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you put all those things together and, and it's um, it's just – that's what needs to happen on, on that job.
0: Right, right, right. No, that makes sense. I just I, – I, I like the way that you explain that though. That's, that makes – total sense.
1: You can play little games with yourself, you know, if you're playing, if you're playing in a live band on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, pretend that all of your heroes are at the bar in the back of the room. What would, what would they come away saying? Would they want to meet you after the show? Would they want to shake your hand? Is, 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 um, Bob Rock, uh, Bob Clear Mountain, uh, you know, Dan Huff, are they back out? But you know, the producers, are they back there at the bar? Are they talking like, Hey, I like this drummer. I would hire this drummer and, and give them a reason to do so. Like, so you do little, you know, little games with yourself to actually elevate the level of your performance beyond, wow, I'm playing Chili's again on Friday and Saturday night, you know?
0: Right. And, and not thinking, Oh, the whole room is filled with a bunch of drummers. So let me show them all my licks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and if there's going to be drummers in the room, make make sure that it's John Bonham, Keith Moon, Charlie Watts, Steve Jordan, um make sure that those guys are watching you play and i guarantee you they're not going to want they're not they don't care about your ugly uglies they're right. they're going to care about they would be more impressed with me um you know doing doing the jason aldine show the way i need to do the jason aldine show than me going scalibubu scalibubu you know over and over i think right the end of the song, you know? right
0: <laughs> i just pictured you doing that during the gig just scalibubu in front of like 60,000 people you just start Doing your what you want. To do. But it got gas. But it got gas.
1: But it got gas. But it got gas. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, the craziest thing I do on the gig is when he says, Are you guys having a good time? And I go boom on the bass drum. I'm like, you know, drummer hear me roar. It's right. always nice it's just I have your kick drum, you hear it back in the house. It's like wow.
0: Nice. <laughs> So I you know that I'm a I'm a big fan of routines and uh and just daily daily routines and things like that and you and I have talked about that before. So if you're if you're not on the road just because I want to paint an accurate picture of of you know the hustle. Um what does what's a daily yeah. what what's your daily routine look like if you're not on the road?
1: Well, I think yeah, I think you and I talked about this and the fact that they're is no routine um, in my life because it's just like you know in Nashville we create this um, there's this pattern where we are kind of located in the center of the country so for all the for all the kids that are listening the way we tour is it's so funny because people have this perception of touring as you get on a bus and you come you come home two years later with a beard and like like you know a bunch of STDs and stuff you know but it's like it's like we actually, leave on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. and we play a, a market on Thursday, a market on Friday, a market on Saturday. I'm home on Sunday, which leaves me about, what is it, uh, 86 hours in the week, you know, half a Sunday and almost all of Wednesday. I don't know, somewhere between 72 and 80 something hours to literally, as soon as I step foot in Nashville, I'm trying to think to myself, can I have a little bit of a social life, which usually involves You know, um, combining business and pleasure because I'm definitely probably playing somewhere. So, like for instance, this last week, I got in late in the afternoon on Sunday, and I knew right away I needed to take care of some biz, did some laundry, and then I went to go see my buddy Chris Kulos play with his band OAR. They're just celebrating 20 years of being together, so I went to go see his band, and then the very next day was just like madness um, errands. Tax information, um, getting my car, the, the you know, the the emissions test thing. And then the, I was just playing on a band for this uh, record for this band called the Wolf Brothers. And they wanted me to stop by the studio and hear some of the tracks. So I did that. And then we have this thing every, the first Monday of every month in Nashville called Loud Jams, where it's like, we get together and I, I played a, a song by the tubes called She's a Beauty from like 1983. And so you get there and that takes up your whole evening. And then, oh, at the end of the night, we're like, oh, it would be really smart at 1130 at night if we all went home, but we decided to actually all the casting characters from that show went to another bar and we closed that bar down because we were talking about, you know, the biz and what we're doing with our year and everything. And, and then the very next day, um, same thing, you know, there, I was meeting, uh, I, I went to go to a lunch meeting with, um, my friend John who actually just bought the Noble and Cooley drum company. So oh, we had, nice. a, we had a three hour lunch and talked about the history of the Noble and Cooley drum company. Um, I'm sure there was something crazy that I did Tuesday night. And then yesterday, as you know, we almost did this interview yesterday, but I overscheduled myself with uh – I'm trying to get taxes done and there was home repair, you know, it's cold in Nashville right now. So it's like my heater went out downstairs. So I've got the HVAC guy. And then while he was there, he's like, Hey, you know, all your fire alarms are not up to code, you know? So for $150, I can put another, you know, so it was <laughs> that day. And then, um, and then I, you know, I went to another meeting at five o'clock, raced across town, went to my acting class from like seven to nine thirty, And then I jumped on the bus at 10 o'clock and, now I'm in South Haven, Mississippi. So that, that's one kind of a week where there's, you're just juggling music and life stuff that needs to be taken care of before you get out on the road again. And then, like, you know, later in the month, um, well, Monday I'm flying to LA um, to, to kind of work towards filming my um, th- three or four scene actor demo that I'm shooting on the 13th of this month, and then land in Nashville get right on the bus, go back out on the road with Aldean. We come back into town on the 22nd and we're doing more tracks with Aldean to finish his seventh record. Um, Very next day, same studio, I'll be um, behind the drums for another artist named Michael Tyler. That session finishes at 5 o'clock and then I have a 6.20 p.m. flight. I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I'm hoping that we track the songs fast and I get done with my last track at, say, like... 4.15 Four fifteen instead of five o'clock, and I get get across town, get on an airplane. I'm going up to Boston, and I'm teaching at the Drum Shop North Shore, which is in S- Salem. And um, so it's crazy stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, I can fit in a session. I'm going to do a session. And I'm going to get off an airplane. And I'm going to fly across the country so I can go teach drum lessons and do a clinic at a drum shop, and then I will sleep at the drum shop owner's house, and then. Next morning, get up super early and drive to Manchester, New Hampshire, and meet my band and get back on the road with my band. So it's like whatever I can squeeze into those those eighty six hours, I will do. (laughs) And as long as it's it's, long as it doesn't endanger me, you know, showing up and meeting the band, I'll do that a lot. Where like if the band is in a market on a Thursday, somebody in that market will fly me up, and I'll do a motivation thing or I'll, you know, teach drum lessons at a drum shop all day and then do a clinic that night. And then I'll just meet, I'll be in that market and I'll, I'll, I'll wake up the next day and, and my band will be pulling up in the bus.
0: Ah, and I got it.
1: I just meet them there. And, um, which is great because it saves whoever is, is wanting to work with me, um, half of a travel, you know, right it's just, they need a one way ticket to get me up, you mm-hmm. know, Which with Southwest Airlines is nothing these days. Sure.
0: Now, do you? you, I and I'm guessing you don't run into any issues with that because I know some artists are are sort of like, I want you on the bus and I want you traveling. um,
1: It's kind of understood you don't travel on the day of the show. You know what I mean? So never on never never travel, never flying on the day of the show ever. Um, And then the day before travel. Um, I always book it to where I never take last flight out. I always, t- I always take the flight where there's one or
0: two backups. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I didn't know if they, you know, if you do- if, if they're leaving Wednesday night and you're like, no, I'll just meet you there Thursday morning. I didn't know. Cause I know some guys are, you know, some artists frown on that. So yeah, usually, that's cool that, that he yeah. does it though.
1: Yeah, if they ask me, I'll say, well, I'll already literally be there Wednesday. And so when you guys are pulling up, I'm already there. It's not like I'm flying in on Thursday.
0: Right, right, on the day of the show. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you – you're one of these guys that, that is busy and you're you're running from place to place. And I think for for people that are just coming up, even though they have that fire and they have that drive and they have that desire of – wanting to do all these things and have 87 meetings and fly here and do this thing and do this thing. What would you suggest for the people who don't have that, that packed of a schedule to sort of get to that, to that level? Cause that's a, you know, it's a hard thing. It's like, Oh man, I, I would, I'd be hustling as much as you, but I just don't have all these things going on, you know, hypothetically. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a loaded question, but I would just like to hear.
1: I think you got to get to, you just got to get that one platform. It's like, how do you, you know, how do you get, cultivate a good drumming career? Well, you're either really good at doing a ton of different things as a freelance musician, or you, you got to get to the point where you have that platform. So the, for the platform for me, I always knew the guys that I admired were like, you know, Elton John's drummers, Billy Joel's drummer, John Mellencamp's drummer, those, uh, you know, uh, Sting's drummer. uh, You know, it's like the drummers that were playing behind these vocalists, they had this interesting relationship with the, with, between the drummer and the, and the front man. And it gave a platform to all those drummers, the Liberty DeVito's that, you know, the, the Kenny Aronoffs, the, the, you know, the Springsteen and, and, and Max, you know, I wanted that. So I focused on that and I was able to actually attract that into my life. And it took a long time for it to happen. I didn't meet Jason Aldean until I was 29 years old. Right. Um, You know what I mean? So, a lot of people have already given up at 25. They're like, "Well, I've been playing the drums till I was six. I was 16. I'm 24. My parents are looking at me kind of funny. Um, I just had a new baby, and I can't do this anymore." Well, you just find a way, you know, to, to keep pushing forward. But I am grateful that that I, I never gave up, and I and I I found that platform. So once you get that one platform, it's like people look at you in a different way because you've been able to to achieve a certain amount of success. Um, through persistence and, you know, the universe you know, coming your way because you didn't quit. You know, that's half the battle, really. I mean, of course, you got to be able to play. But, um, I mean, just people will look at you different. The same people that would not hire you five years ago, once you get a certain platform or pedigree, they have you on speed dial. It's just this weird thing. It's how Nashville works. It's how Hollywood works. It's probably how the business world works where that person is not going to get you a promotion until maybe some other high-level dude from another department is – champions you. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well well," – because that person saw something that you didn't and he goes, oh, really? Yeah, maybe – I'm going to go ahead and promote him to, to my department because I'd rather promote them to my department than lose them and have him, have you take them over to yours. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a weird thing. Um, so I, I'll have friends that'll be like, "Hey, man, I got three months off my schedule. My singer's, you know, got laryngitis and he's on like a no talk thing. So like, what am I going to do for my income? Like, what am I going to do for three months?" And I just say, "Calm down and and focus on the things that you can control, which are." your health, taking care of you, extra time now to dig in on your instrument and really focus on your playing practice. You can control that. And something that you can always control, teaching. You can always put together a full, um, teaching schedule for yourself because you're already, you've already shown the world, Hey, I have a gig I, I, I'm an, I'm I'm an expert enough at doing this that somebody is actually paying me to do this. So I have knowledge on this particular subject and you could charge other people to share that gift. So I, that I say, focus on the things that you can control your health, your playing, dig in and teach for income, and then make sure that you're using that time where you're actually in, in Nashville or in Los Angeles and not on the road. To strengthen all your relationships, like go out and have that coffee or that red wine with that person who's been asking you to go out and do that for a year. You haven't been able to do it because you've been on the road. So it's, now it's a p- perfect time in your life to make that happen and be a man of, or woman of your word. So those are four things that you can control if you're gainfully unemployed right. um, that will help you um, put food on the table sharpen your skills and make you better when you do go back out.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So control the things that you can't control. So if you do have time on your hands to practice, take my advice, practice and don't. And when I mean practice, don't sit and just jam with YouTube covers and jam with, you know, your favorite artist. I mean, there's validity to that, but I like to break down practice into like, look at, are you, can you play all the rudiments? Can you apply the rudiments to the drum set? Do you, you know how to sight read. If I put a of pe- music in front of you, can you sight read? Can you read the whole Ted Reed syncopation book? If the answer is no, you got to work on your reading. Okay. Now let's work on a coordination. Can you play a bossa nova, a samba, a Martito alto, a Bayon, a songo? Can you play a Calypso, a Soca, a Texas shuffle, a Chicago shuffle, a two, four country, like a lot of things to cover. So learn those things and then seek out those artists that represent those particular styles. So when I say practice, I say practice things that you can't play. So when you come out of the practice room at the end of the day, you either have totally taken something to another level that you can actually use to be a more marketable and creative person, or you're one step closer towards that. Like you're probably not going to, Master a songo beat the first time you look at it on paper and read it. It might take months of you going tik kapotic a. Uh, t- it unca. And you're like putting it all together, and you start it with the drum machine, and you're, it's slow. And then you go out and you get recordings of Chonguito playing that thing in a musical environment. And then you hear Weckle doing it, and you're like, oh, he did a different spin on Joey Heredia plays it this way. You know, it's just it's a process. But the first thing you have to do is sit behind the set of drums and be brave enough and give yourself the opportunity to work that stuff out as opposed to just sitting back behind the drums going with your dream theater. Well, you've already know how to do that since you were 15 years old.
0: Right. Right. And it's, you know, a lot of that stuff, the, the challenging of your comfort zone is hard, man. You know, for anything, whether it be for, for drum beats or, you know, styles or going to the gym or, you know, whatever it is, but, but, that's when the real growth happens, when it's every single day, you're constantly challenging that comfort zone. And, you know, I love the quote, do something every day that scares you, you know, of of just getting out of that comfort zone, getting out. And I mean, that's where that's where that growth is on the other side of that. So
1: yeah, I love it. You know, I, I, I've been going to this Barry's Boot camp, and it's the best results I've ever got in my life. I feel the best I've ever have from doing that workout. It's when you think about it, it's like this, it's 60 minutes. So what could you do at 60 minutes of your life? Well, you could drink a cup of coffee and spend an entire, believe me, I've done it an hour on Instagram, right? Or mm-hmm. you can watch two sitcoms, which believe me, I love to me, that's time well spent. But in, in the grand scheme of things, it seems like it's, a waste of time compared to what you can do. So you go, Barry's bootcamp, 60 minutes. There's this one trainer in there, Devin, He's yelling at me. I'm paying for this man to yell at me. And he goes, uh, it's minute 58 in the class. There's two minutes left. And he goes, there's two minutes left in the class. Let this be the best two minutes of your life. Come on, give it hell. He's yelling on the headset, mic, rich. I've seen you play drums. You play drums for hours. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> no, nice. me what you show me what you've got and your legs are jelly and you're like, it's only 120 seconds. I can do this. And then, you know, he's not a big complimenter, but he did say good work in there today. And that's the most you're going to get out of him But he knows that we're playing, we're paying great money to improve our bodies, to improve mm-hmm. our mobility, our flexibility. All the good things that happen with exercise, circulation and release endorphins, muscle tone, all those great things. And, of course, he's an expert. I'm not. But I go to an expert because to, – to improve that thing because that's what he does. He works out or teaches people how to work out 8, 12 hours a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, just started training, so I uh, so I do the same thing. I've been like working out for years and was always kind of like, man, I, I really want to lose weight, and it was nothing was really working. And uh, I started working out with this guy, and it's like, you know, I pay him two hundred fifty dollars a month, and and yeah. and. But I've lost, you know, thirty pounds, and yeah. I feel like I'm in great shape. And then I was, it's a four month thing, and I was at the end of the four months, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing this. I yeah. actually interviewed him on the podcast. His name's Mike Vacanti. Uh, really great interview. We Another talk- good Italian Italian, yeah, does pasta, yeah. That does yeah, yeah. Pasta. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's always strange to be Italian and not eat pasta. It's like people are like, "Hey, you're you're on your hat." Italian, like we're all the good spots to get pasta. And Nashville, I said, I don't eat pasta in Nashville. The only time I eat pasta is is um, when I go see my mom. Because my you can't you can't say no to your mother and pasta. And and now on tour, we have pasta night. Like I think probably like twice a month we'll have pasta night. And it's like you could pick your pasta. and you can pick your meat and you can pick your, if you want penne, white, red, red with meat. And the dude is just good. So I, I usually say yes to, I say, I'll burn this off playing the drums tonight. You know,
0: All right. All right. <laughs> I, you know it's funny. I don't, everybody says the same thing to me. Like, oh, you probably eat a lot of pasta. And I'm like, nah, not really. I love pasta. I eat a lot of pasta when I go to Italy and when I go home, but uh, yeah, you've but, got but, to with your mom, you know, there is a nice Italian joint down the street from my house that I, I hit up maybe once a month and get a nice plate of pasta. But
1: With a red wine, and then you're ready for a massive nap.
0: Yep, that's basically what I do. I get get that and an espresso, and that'll get me home, and then I go to sleep.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) But that's what I say, man. Like, seek out experts. You know, I mean, surround yourself with experts in the field. It's like, you know, I I need to get something done quickly at, at my studio. So instead of me pouring over manuals and then deciding to take a three month class in Pro Tools. I have Pro Tools, and I have my friend, and he comes over, and I hire him to do all my engineering for me, and I just factor it into the cost of doing business. And, right. and you know, you want to get in better shape, and so you get somebody who's an expert in their field. Or it, that's what I – you, know, you want to create a graphic design for a poster or something. Like pay the guy for his time and talent that does that and get it done Right. You know, and mm-hmm. and save yourself the time and the learning curve of of going. Oh my God, I just I just bought uh you know this new program. Dude, like, dude, please, I don't have the time. I'd rather pay this that guy who's an expert at doing that, get a superior product, and then it's going to help you in the long run. Because people are like, Hey, who does your photography? Who does your graf- graphic design? It's all amazing stuff. It's like, yeah, because I surround myself with experts.
0: Right. And that you know I think it took me a while to sort of get over this thing but I so I've been skiing since I was 4 and uh have skied you know all over the world like I I'm a very good skier not to brag but I'm a, I'm a very good skier and and no, I I am but so I wanted everybody was like oh you should try snowboarding and I was like well I don't I wouldn't be able to handle like getting to the top of the mountain and not knowing if I'm going to make it down on this snowboard when I could just use skis and ski down. So I always so I've never snowboarded. But then I realized that that was sort of getting in my way of other things because I was too afraid and too embarrassed to not be good at this new thing that I was learning. So I didn't want to go to experts. I would just say, no, I could figure it out. from." And that was even a thing for drumming for a while. You know, when I was like 19 years old, I was like, yeah, man, I don't need lessons. I'm the man you know, and I don't need to, I don't need to seek out an expert, but then finally getting over that hump of saying, okay, it's okay to not be the best at this thing. And let me go to someone who can sort of break it down for me and, and, and make me a better person. But it took me a long time. My ego got in the way of that for, for years, man. And, you know, finally getting over that and, and realizing that it's okay to not know everything and it's okay to find people who are more intelligent or or experts in this certain field. That was a big, it's a big growing, uh, part of my life.
1: Yeah, man. And I'm, you know, know, I'm glad you did. I mean, it's like, I, you know, and I haven't had a drum teacher in a long time. of course, like coming up, I, my teachers in El Paso were a guy named Ricky Malachi, uh, Byron Mutnick. And then the teacher at the university of Texas at El Paso, Alan White. And then I went to, um, I went to Texas tech and my teachers were, um, Alan Shin and, um, and then at North Texas State, of course, it was Henry Oxtel, Robert Shatroma, Ron Fink, and Ed Sof. Those are all world-class teachers that all have their own spin on things. And how fortunate to have been under those guys, you know, where they're like the nuns, you know, slapping your wrist going, you know, you never wanted to show up unprepared. You know, you, you hear the stories about like guys studying with Vic Firth. And they would show up, and they would play the first two measures, and he would go, "You didn't practice. You're wasting my time." And I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. And it's like you know that um, having to show up prepared. I mean, that that is it's irreplaceable having that experience. So I haven't had a drum teacher in a while. I've just kind of been a student of the world. Like every time I watch another drummer, I learn something. What to do, what not to do. Right. So you're learning constantly. Um, but now that I've, you know, in the last year and a half, that I've been studying acting. I have teachers, I have mentors, and it's an amazing feeling again to have, be the student. Right. Um, we need that in our lives. You know what I mean? It's like it's a s- awesome thing to be learning new things at all all times and some people aren't self-motivated i'm pretty self-motivated but this is a whole other thing for me so like seeking out these experts and having someone hold their hand hold your hand and go above and beyond um, what they're really supposed to be doing really they're exceeding what i pay them for like what i would pay them for would be you know one hour of time but when they say here's four hours of my time and i say well let me take you to bob's big boy because one of my teachers loves Bob's big boy in Burbank. And so, you know, we're, we're hanging out for two and a half hours. And then we go to Bob's big boy and we spend another two and a half hours there in a booth talking about, you know, everything method and the business of acting and how to get from point A to point B. And it feels amazing. I think everybody at all levels of their life should have uh, a mentor.
0: I, I totally agree. How do you, how do how have you gone about finding mentors?
1: Um, this one landed in my lap. Um, this, was, this was me being brave enough to try a new skill set. I, I met a friend of mine. Um, it all happened like this. I teach at the drum channel uh in oxnard and you you you're very involved with the drum channel and you've taught mm-hmm. there great place great environment Don Lombardi all the guys you know Jose Altanega the cameraman the main cameraman we were became friends over the years his son likes Jason Aldean I got him into some concerts so I always look forward to visiting with Jose and his son so Jose says hey I wrote a script um, for a horror movie. And I said, well, I love horror movies. I've seen every horror movie I've ever made. And, um, he goes, well, you're, you scream this part. So i I want you to do it. I said, well, you know, I don't have any training. He goes, I don't care. I just want you to do this. You're perfect for it. So we did this film. I, fall I in love with the process. I meet all these fellow actors, a friend of mine, named Malcolm, who was in corporate America for the longest time. And then says, you know what? i am t- I'm done with corporate America. I'm going to put, Commit my whole life to being a creative, and I'm going to make this acting thing work. So living in Los Angeles, he's doing odd jobs. He says, you got to come to this class with me. Steven Snyder has an amazing class. It's from 7 to 11 p.m. every Monday and Tuesday night. So I go, and I meet Steven Snyder. And right away, he wasn't some snobby guy that was like, well, where did you – did you go to Juilliard? Where did you get your training? It was was just like, oh, you're a drummer? I love music. I love drummers. He goes, I've cast – models actors and musicians for 1800 music videos. I was like, "What?" Wow. Really he goes he goes, "Do you know Toby? Do you know Trace?" I was like, "Yeah, I know, you know, I don't know. I'm like, I don't have him on speed dial." He goes, "Well, that's crazy when we get to talking." And he goes, "You're welcome in my class anytime." And he goes, "Matter of fact, let's get together on this date. We'll talk about it. We'll do Skype lessons and then so I took it one, one step Further, I realized that this person was really committed to my success. So forget Skype, man. I just fly to L.A. and I study with the guy. And he's been so helpful in just putting it all together for me and bringing his resources together to help me. doesn't have to do that. He's a busy guy. But right. somehow he'll find the time for me. He believes in me. And what a feeling it is when someone sticks their neck out for you and believes in you that much to, to open their Rolodex, to – clear out their schedule to make time for you. That's like, that's big, man. That's really big.
0: Yeah. And the fact that you realize the, the opportunity and take full advantage of it, like you said, like no Skype, I'm flying out there. Well, yeah. And it's
1: the one thing that I will say, he's like, he goes, you're not a spoiled millennial who basically just assumes this is going to land in their lap without doing the work. He goes, I know I can help you because you listen to what I say. You put into action every bit of advice I give you. So you're someone that I, I can help, right. which is very, very interesting. You know, so if you're studying with somebody and they're, they have that hour of time for you and you show up and you're not pre- prepared, you know, shame on you. It's like, what are you doing? You're right. wasting this person's time. But most importantly, you're, not, you're doing yourself a great disservice.
0: I want to take a minute to say thank you to the people who support this podcast. DW Drums has been supporting us for about a year now and they just they make great handcrafted drums and not only that they're just amazing people. I've spent a lot of time out at DW because Drum Channel and DW are in the same buildings and the people who work there really just care about the product that they put out. They care about their customers, they care about the people, which makes me even more proud uh, that they that they sponsor this podcast because I believe in them as a a company, not just because they make great drums. Be sure to thank them for keeping this podcast free. Check them out at dwdrums.com. Another really unique sponsor that we have is Dream Symbols. And Dream is a different type of cymbal company. They make really high-end, high-quality, great-sounding cymbals and gongs, but then they price them well below everybody else so that the price for the professional but they're affordable for everyone. Great group of guys over there. I recently got a chance to meet uh, Andy at Nam, and I talked to Ed frequently, who's another guy who helps run the company, and just an amazing group of people that make great instruments. So check them out. Be sure to thank them as well at dreamsymbols.com. They really make this podcast possible for, for all of you listening. So say thanks to them, and let's get back into it with Rich Redman. I have a loaded question for you and then I want to get into uh all the, the cool stuff that you have going on because we were really talking about being multifaceted and all that stuff. So you had mentioned a few times uh the word success. So what is your definition of success?
1: Success is um <laughs> you know what I probably need to have something super concrete, but then you then if you come up with something super conc- concrete that sounds like a hashtag, then it just sounds like super canned, man. Right. You know, right. but um I heard somebody say one time – I forget his name, but he was actually a drummer, played in the 60s, and then he became a character actor in Hollywood. Um, He said, success to me is being able to fix my car when it breaks down and not wonder how I'm going to pay the rent or eat.
0: Huh.
1: You know how you know how stressful it is for some people when their car breaks down because they they're living so close to the bone yep. that they have no extra money to fix that car. So he goes, "Success to me was being able to just easily fix my car and not have it affect the rest of my life." Right. Um, which I thought was kind of like fun and kind of profound. But success is getting up every day and being having the freedom to do what you want to do. So you know, um, what did Albert Einstein say? He, I just posted it the other day. Um, He said creativity is intelligence having fun. Hmm. Creativity is intelligence having fun. So I always think to myself, well, I'm not like a super, super mathy science bookworm, smart type guy like that. But I'm a highly creative person, so I guess I am an intelligent person. You know, It's our intelligence operating in a specific way. Um, But yeah, being able to get up – like I just woke up on a tour bus. I went in. I grabbed a cup of coffee. I'm here talking on a – a very expensive computer that I bought myself from being creative and um, I have the ability to then go do a workout. I'm not clocking in somewhere ch- ch- working for the man and then I'm going to play drums. Like right. this is success. This is success. Being able to um, be creatively express yourself every single day and be able to pay your bills. That is success.
0: Right. I, I agree, man. I think you know. I've I've written down a bunch of things that that are important to me and are not important to me. And the most important thing is, I th- I think not that you asked, but I'm going to answer anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What is
1: success to you?
0: I think that uh, it's freedom. That's really like that's. That's the the long and short of it, man. It's just being able to do what you want to do. And we're always going to have things that we don't want to do, you know, and you got to do some stuff that you don't want to do. But at the end of the day, man, like I can, if I want to, I can get on a plane right now and go wherever I want to go and not have to ask anyone to go. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: I mean, the know? only person you really have to ask here and that, that goes the answers to the whole thing of being self-motivated. It's like, well, I have the freedom to actually, I could spend the entire day Doing nothing until I have to go play that show tonight. Mm -hmm. But I know that I, as a the consequences of doing that is I will be totally off game and totally behind in running all of my small businesses. So I have to be self motivated enough to know that there is a consequence for me doing nothing all day long. Right? You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, how about that? Like you know, success to some people would be the fancy car. I'm very interested in in a a fancier car than a Honda Element. I'm actually looking at something that would be a little bit fancier than a $19,000 Japanese car. But I know for a fact that from experience and watching other people, that car is not going to make you ultimately satisfied for the rest of your life. No, It's going to feel great and you're going to feel pretty cool pulling up to the valet, but it isn't going to satisfy your inner urge – to find what really matters in life and to find what that that thing. Is. No, it's not going to.
0: Right. Right. And, the, you know, I, I've always said that I would rather make fifty thousand dollars a year doing what I love than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year doing something that I hate. But I will say this. Two things to that is one. I want a Ferrari. I have I've wanted one since I was five. So you're, you're going to have one. And a so cherry
1: that, red or what?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go. You got to go red. You cherry red. Okay. But, like, that's such a, that's such a, a, uh, like, just, I don't know. It's such, it's so stupid to buy a ferrari but i'm like i've wanted one since i was five years old so it wasn't re- never about like the status and all that i just love those cars and then i found out yeah, how just, much they were and i'm like oh shit this is gonna
1: it's just something in your soul that wants to be satisfied it's like <laughs> right. a goal, it's like a goal right. you know what i mean i right. don't think there's anything wrong with that
0: right but um, i do but i always t- tell my wife i do want to make i want to make a ton of money reason being think of how much effect i could have on other people's lives if i was like like I like writing a million dollar check for someone to for like their charity or something that would be amazing.
1: What an amazing feeling that would be! Yeah, yeah. I, we always do that Susan B. Coleman, like the breast cancer charity like once a year, and every year the check gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And this year it was like it raised like six hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like that's that. Nuts. And it's like, you know, my mom is like a twenty seven year survivor of breast cancer, and it's like we're oh, that's I'm, awesome. And, and, and I know that our bass player had his family had a run in with that and like you know um you know one in four of us is going to have like a run-in with that at some point right. in their lives and it always brings like a little tear to my eyes like you know I, I can't none of us can individually take credit for it but the people are coming to see the show i'm on the drums and so we did have a hand in that you know and sure it feels
0: absolutely good, you know? absolutely
1: so, you know but um um yeah, man, you know, it's it's like the Timothy Ferris thing. If there's any fans of Tim Ferris out there, he wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek and you don't have to read it. I just got the audiobook. I listened to it like every day for like a year when Me I was too. getting ready for the show. And some of the stuff is 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 seems a far-fetched like out of your reach, but his whole thing is is if you can figure out how to way to create a product that the world needs and then manufacture that product at an affordable price and then run that business from your phone, you can actually you know, just have complete freedom. You, know, you could work remotely from anywhere you want to work, which is like, wow, I kind of do that right now. I'm working remotely. Um, the other thing that he talks about is um, if somebody makes um, a quarter of a million dollars, but they have to put in like a hundred hour work week, they are not as wealthy as the person that makes $50,000, but only has to work two hours a day. Right. So it, because the person that makes $50,000 a year and works two hours a day ends up being wealthier and has more freedom because they have more free time and they end up making more money in those two hours than the other guy does. Mm -hmm. So, so that's something to kind of consider. Um, and then it's like, I might, you know, I'm going to say this and I might have some haters for this, but when someone, I teach at a drum shop and the drum shop owner says, uh, can you do like $50 an hour to teach a drum lesson? And I say, look it, this is how it is. A masseuse goes to school for six months. She makes a dollar a minute. After she's tipped out, she makes
0: $80.
1: I've been doing this since 1976. I have two degrees. I've been around the world. You're not paying me a dollar a minute. You're paying me more than a dollar a minute because right. that's the price you put on your head. You you establish a price for what you feel, what you are putting out. So we're talking at a high level of expertise here. So I will teach drum lessons for $60. I've done it, but I'm not going below $60 because that just does not make sense to me. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. It's like a lifelong commitment to a craft. And I'm going to share with you as much as I possibly can all this information that's coming from tons of expertise. You can't sell yourself for less than a dollar a minute. Right. You just can't. I agree. Um, now, at the same time, the people that are out there that are teaching drum lessons at the Guitar Center or at the local drum shop or whatever—that's a, that's a stepping stone for you. You know, it's you're you're you know you're 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 making money. You're affecting humanity in a positive way, and you're working on your craft so you can go and get that platform for yourself so you can set your your rate. But it's interesting. You have to be able to um, put a price on something and then just stick to it.
0: Right. You I, know. I totally agree. And to touch on one thing that you mentioned about, about being, uh, working remotely, uh, years ago, I, f- I found this term location independent. I had no idea what that meant. And I, so I got really into looking into the location independent lifestyle and thus drummers resource was born. So, it, which is kind of crazy that we're talking about it now on the podcast, but yeah, it was actually like, I started you know, taking lessons with people. And I really just wanted to hang and talk to them. And then I was like, wait a minute, maybe I can make a podcast out of this. And I found this location independent stuff and was like, oh, wait a minute. So I can work without like having to go into an office every day and, and all that. And, you know, three years later, here we are.
1: (laughs) I mean, this is, this is congratulations. It's amazing. I know that you and I talked about maybe even branching out and just, just, you know, Maybe it's your thing, man. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be like your remote reporter or whatever. You know what I mean? Because I actually tried to launch a thing called um what was it a couple years ago that I did? Maybe you can remind me it was uh drum something.com. It's wow, it's, you I did? can't believe
0: it was drummer yeah. drummer hang.
1: Drumhang.com.
0: I because I was gonna name my site that and then looked it up. And then found, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, rich is a part. It was such, it was such a weird thing.
1: Yeah. It was a partnership with two, two of my friends in Canada. Yeah. And, um, and I was, th- I was like, well, I'll be like the, you know, the United States like reporter where it's like I'm backstage and it's like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've got Kent Slusher here from the Luke Bryan band. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we got Matt Billingsley from the Taylor Swift band. And it's right here. And of course I had my flip cam, you know, the flip cam went out of business, <laughs> right. um, you know, who bought the flip cam was Cisco, you know, and I, I do speaking. Events for Cisco, but they they bought up the the flip. I like I really like the flip. Um, but yeah, and so that we just realized how difficult it was to actually monetize a blog. I mean, that's the hardest thing out there. I mean, unless you're, it's just a very difficult thing if you don't have tens and tens and thousands of of followers. And re- we realized you know the amount of work that went into that. None of us had that kind of time on our hand. Right.
0: It's so it's a full time gig. You know,
1: it's a full time gig. But just yeah. to know that we have the resources at hand to share information you know and our buddy david varioli his um you know I'd i've hit had that had it. yeah it's fantastic because it's there's a lot of drinking and swearing and he, he he picks these kind of noisy locations at like bars and like corner cafes in, in la with like motorcycles going by and stuff and you do get the feeling like you're kind of like right there
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: it's it's, a, it's good thing it worked for him um uh i just got a I just opened up my inbox right now, and there's a a young man who reached out to me and said, I'm starting a podcast called Drums and Coffee. (laughs) Nice. You know, There's just going to be more and more of this stuff, and you know what it does? It's great. It's just a way for people to pull back the curtains. Because when you and I were coming up, there was this mystique of how do you become that guy that's four feet from me on the stage? How do you get there? Mm -hmm. And with more and more of these things happening – Oh, there we have a generation of of up and coming musicians that know exactly how to do it because we're telling them.
0: Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. and that's you know one of the the goals has always been with with the podcast is just talk about all the stuff that nobody's really talking about, like talking about the business side of things, talking about the hustle, talking about the the how you got to be an entrepreneur, talking about networking and and all the other stuff because it's like people think that they just. Go and hit the practice room and then, you know, the phone starts ringing, which. Well,
1: yeah, when you hit the practice room for 10,000 hours, you have the tools and then you have to figure out how to way to put those tools um, to good use with your fellow musician. And so once again, what's the commonality there? People. It's Mm -hmm. all about people. It will always be about people. It's about people digging what you do and wanting wanting to be around you because music is a creative expression. It's an extension of personality, and personality is a word that is – generating from the idea of people, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like when you think about it, it's all about uh, people. So if you're a naturally outgoing person, you're probably going to do pretty well in the business. If you're more of an introvert, you just have to figure out ways to like make that work for you. And believe me, I've lost many gigs to introverts because sometimes there's an entertainer or a band leader or a label or somebody that's putting a band together and they don't want somebody that has my energy on the bus. They maybe want somebody that's Speaks when spoken to. That nods their head a lot. That is always there. They show up. They do their job. They go home. Some people love that. You right. know what I mean? And, right. and I can be that, but that's not my natural energy.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, people people like hanging out with people who are like them. Mm-hmm. You know. So if if you have all these people that are introverts and just want to be quiet and, and sit on the bus and not talk, that's definitely not you.
1: Yeah, can you imagine <laughs> that? i will be doing cartwheels down the, you know, the all the bus and you're like, who hired this at <laughs>
0: <apple?" laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of the stuff that, that you have going on, uh, because I know that people, you travel a lot, so I want to give people the opportunity to connect with you, to learn from you, to go to some of your events, uh, and and all of that stuff, so...
1: Oh, thank you, man. You're, you've always been such a big believer. Um, you know, there's. I, I've been doing drum clinics uh, nonstop for about a decade now. And and if anybody has l- listened to anything I've done, I've got a platform called Crash Course Success. Crash is an acronym stands for Commitment, Relationships, Attitude, Skill, and Hunger. And so not to.
0: A, I'm going to interrupt you real quick, sorry. but in the first interview that we did, uh, drummersresource.com forward slash session four, we we talk a lot about crash. So. There's there's definitely a lot of yeah. information there about it. So go ahead. Sorry. Oh, thank, you. thank you, brother.
1: Yeah, so if, if we do anything together, whether it be a private lesson or you host a master class or you come see a clinic, I'm going to speak to these concepts. Um, but I just try to address the people at hand, the audience at hand, and give them more uh, – a lot of bang for their buck. So my new thing that I've been starting – and it's been really fun because my mom sold Tupperware in the 70s. And the funny, there would be all these ladies that would come – to 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 my mom's house in the seventies and my mom would break out all the tupperware and there'd be like, you know, potluck and they would be gossiping about their husbands and it was just I would I would like watch this and eavesdrop. It was such a good time. But I've created this new thing where I call I call it a drum tensive. It's a drum tensive master class. And it's anywhere from one hour to two hours, usually two hours. Um and you can look at my tour schedule at jasonaldine.com. You can see all the markets that I'm in. I've got fifty Eight more shows to play this year. Um, You can reach out to me. I'm super easy to find. You just go to richredmond.com, R-E-D-M-O-N-D.com, and just hit contact. And I've had people just – they'll pick me up at the arena, and they host me for a masterclass at their home, place of business, community center, church, high school, music, the band room, wherever there's a small space where we can fit a drum. From set or two, and then usually it ends up being six between six and fifteen guys and or girls, and I would call them true believers. So people that have a flexible schedule on a Thursday or Friday who can call in sick from work, who want want some information to take their career to the next level, and we um, we get together and we. Um, we I do a masterclass, and that way we don't have to worry about talking to the local drum shop. We don't have to talk, to talk to the executives at Guitar Center. Uh, you know, it's like somebody that's super passionate is basically the host, and they we create a flyer and they reach out to their network and they try to find those fifteen true believers, and then the host is free. For organizing everything, the host gets to do the master class for free. So that's been working really, really well, and it allows me to affect a larger number of people than doing private lessons. I mean, I'm doing private lessons at a drum shop called Access Percussion this Saturday in Columbia, Missouri. So it's great. It's a new drum shop. The, 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 the owner of the drum shop is picking me up at 930 in the morning. I'm teaching from... 10 a.m. to 1.30. And then I'm doing a meet and greet from 1.30 to 2. He's going to have all my products on hand. He's going to have, I developed a beater for um, for DW called the Black Sheep Bass Drum Beater. He's going to have some of those on hand. He's going to have some of my Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids book that's published by Hal Leonard on hand. It'll be just a fun time. So it's just like community outreach. It's just a great way to bring drummers together and bring them into the drum shop. And, you know, maybe people will do some impulse buying, which is great for the the drum shop owner. So there, you know, outside of the clinic format, you can host me for lessons or a masterclass. And it's pretty flexible. I mean, it's like, like, just hit me up on, on, on email or on social media and, and we'll figure out as long as we have a place, that's the most important place where we can make a little bit of noise. Right. You know? And, um, I talk about things like how to Hold Your Sticks, because I might have a whole different range of people at the at the uh, drum intensive, but we talk about grip. We talk about rudiments. We talk about technique. We talk about chop development. We talk about reading music. I talk about writing drum charts, the Nashville number system, coordination styles, music business 101, career development, all that kind of stuff. So it's almost like, you know, a life coach session and a really intense drum lesson and everybody usually leaves with some sort of like a takeaway where I usually have the first page of the stick control book, page 38 from the syncopation book and then I have a um a takeaway that I call more styles that every drummer should know, which it which has all sorts of different styles that like a lot of either like straight up rock and roll or country or metal drummers never even think about
0: practicing. Hmm. That's interesting.
1: So it's a fun thing. It's right, in, right. In, and then I don't have to, you know, I love the traditional drum clinic, but, um, for, for those that don't know out there, there's a lot of work that goes into doing a traditional drum set clinic because I have to reach out to DW, Sabian, Remo, Promark, Roland, Simpad, all my companies, Gator cases, which is amazing. And we have to coordinate, you know, banners being sent, door prizes being sent, um, everybody doing the marketing on their end, a lot of people to make happy. There's, then there's a lot of invoicing that goes on the end of the whole thing. and it, It's a process um, that, that I love. But if um, you also need 30 to 60 days to promote an event like that, whereas a drum tensive, I mean sometimes I somebody will hit me on a Monday and by Thursday I'm teaching 15 people in a basement.
0: Right, which is cool. I mean, it's power of the internet, man.
1: I, I don't know how we did it. You know, I mean, we've got this new technology and now that we have this technology, how I look back and I think to myself, how did we run our lives?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: If you you didn't get somebody, they didn't pick up the phone. You just didn't get them.
0: (laughs) You just leave a message. (laughs) Yeah. I think about that now. It's like if you're out all day, just coming home and checking your answering machine.
1: Oh, it was always exciting. When I first moved to Nashville in 97, we had, I had an answering machine and you would come, you would come home at the end of the day and it'd be like, you have eight new messages and you would like to roll the tape back and you would like, <laughs> it was it'd be like, yes, yes. Awesome. I got to call this person. This is a cool opportunity, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Hey man, the times have changed and it's, it's just amazing with what we can do with technology. I mean, look at what we're doing right now. We're recording a podcast and you're in the other side of the country insane it's nuts so uh so the best place for people to get in touch with you is is richredman.com and i'll make sure to link up uh all this stuff in the show notes so that people can check it out and yeah. uh man thank you thank you again for doing this and like i said in the beginning of the interview thank you for for always supporting uh me and drummer's resource and you've always been a, a very vocal supporter of everything man and i really do appreciate it
1: Oh brother, I appreciate it as well. Same with you, man. I feel like you're a a big believer, and I can't wait to take a ride in that Ferrari, man.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna you are uh, you are you're more than welcome. Uh, as soon as I get it, I'm a couple couple dollars short because uh you know this Drummers Resource ah uh, they're about two hundred and fifty thousand, <laughs> and I'm I am a multi hundred error right now. So yeah, so I mean you know Drummers Resource is doing well. No, no, it is. Things are good though. So, so, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully we can take that ride in the Ferrari at some point.
1: I love it, man. Well, let's talk soon about our success podcast and, um, to everybody that's listening. Um, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in and, and, uh, I'm on, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and I'd love to connect with you.
0: Cool, man. Rich, thank you again. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Dude. Thank you, bro. All right. See you, man. See See you, pal. So there you have it, Rich Redman, for all the show notes to everything that we talked about. You can check them out at drummersresource.com forward slash session 151. Also, if you want to check out Rich's first interview, head over to drummersresource.com forward slash session four, the number four. And make sure you're following me on Snapchat. Seriously. I'm at nick.rafini, R-U-F-F-I-N-I. Also, there's so many of you who listen to this podcast and I don't know who you are. I, don't, I have no way of knowing how many subscribers I have or who's listening to the podcast or anything like that, and most of the people who leave reviews leave cryptic names or something like that, so I don't know who you are, so introduce yourself, comment on things, uh, You know, hit me up, I'm on every social media channel, I'm not hard to find at all, I'm at Drummer's Resource or at Drummer's R Source if, uh, if it doesn't allow for more than 15 characters, so say what's up, I want to get to know you, I want to know who you are, where you live, what you're up to not like weird, creepy, but you know, I want to get to know you. You may have been listening to me for two years and I've never talked to you once. So I'd like to, uh, make this a two-way conversation, not just talking at everyone all the time. Cool. All right. Until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking to you soon. And if you're on the East coast, try to stay warm because it's freezing. It's freaking freezing. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.